0: Welcome to the Women's Football Podcast Euros Edition. My name is Chess Warren and we're heading into the semis. How exciting. Joining me, well, she's back. It's former Aston Villa and FA media officer, Emily Lyles. Hello, Emily. Hello, Chess. How are you? Are you good?
1: I'm very, very well, thank you. Delighted to be back.
0: Awesome, awesome. And our very, very special guest uh, for the podcast today is podcaster for TV4 and football Scarlet. It's Maya Erickson. Hello, Maya. Hello. How are you today? Are you doing good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good.
2: Um, very nice to have a day off. Uh, you know, from from football games, actually, so you can relax and breathe <laughs> properly yeah. without without your heart racing uh, in hundred kilometers per hour every night
0: very much feel that yeah we've got a little bit of time off until the semis kick off on Tuesday but what an exciting quarterfinal stage that was Emily is there anything particular that stood out for you I think
1: one of the big things Chess to be honest was how close they all were as contests I think I don't think you can say across the board that they could have gone either way because I think In a number of them, a certain team did dominate. But the fact that they were close in score lines, I think is really, really important because I think it's probably fair to say a few tournaments ago, or certainly during the last Euros, we might not have been able to guarantee that. And I know it's something that when you're trying to grow a sport, having those close contests, those, you know, high pressured situations that these players are in, it's just brilliant in terms of attracting audiences and I think anyone that went to the games or watched them on tv or followed them on radio or social media however they did that will have been on the edge of their seats because they were very very tough to call and I think that that's really really important.
0: Yeah Mia how about you was there any player particularly throughout the quarters that stood out for you? Oh, I think it's many players that
2: have uh, stood out but I mean, we, you can really feel that it's it's knockout stage football at the moment. So this is completely different from the group games. And uh, I do think that 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 is what is exciting uh, about a tournament like this and the hype around it uh, right now. But the, the player for me uh, for the moment is uh, Alexandra Popp uh, in Germany. Mm. I do think that she is... She is showing that she is hungry um on the to win this trophy.
0: Definitely. She was she was really on form in the game at Brentford, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Firstly, we'll move over to the first quarter final. People are still talking about that England game versus Spain and in particular the Georgia Stanway goal. A goal like that in a very close game is going to be one that's clipped up on social media and put out for everyone to see but do you think for like raising the profile it's a fantastic way to to win a match Emily what do you think?
1: Yeah for sure I think it was just a remarkable goal wasn't it and I think the whole celebrations the way the crowd reacted the atmosphere in the stadium that's something that will live long in the memory of everyone that was there and everyone that followed it. And and as you say, I think a goal of that quality, the drama of the game overall, you've got Spain that have dominated the vast majority, probably it's fair to say, of that game. England equalised, the momentum shifts. It's just really the perfect spectacle, isn't it? And the perfect game of football. And, you know, Stanway's an extremely talented footballer who certainly has that in her locker. and, And she showed that again in that game for sure.
0: Now, Maya... For us on this podcast here, we are English. The people who who run it, and it can be really easy to fall into looking at this team with like rose-tinted glasses. What is your view of this English side, especially as we will be playing Sweden in the semi-finals? But yeah, is there anyone particularly that you've that stood out for you? Are this team as good as we think it is? Because they're our national team.
2: Yeah, the one that stands out for me at the moment is your coach, Sarina mm. Wichmann. Um she is um I mean don't misunderstand me when I'm when I'm saying this, but she's a great um in the game management coach. She is she's doing what needs to be done because to me I thought that Spain practically controlled that game until Ella Toon scored that goal. But she did what she had to do, she took off your your top scorer, <laughs> Bet Mead. Uh, and Ellen White in such a crucial moment for the game, and that to me is like. But but also, I mean, every player stands out in, in your team at the moment because I've never seen England play with such confidence. Um, I mean, you're always confident, <laughs> but but this is like you can see that they they are buying into it. Everything she she tells them, they they just. Well, yeah, we believe in what you're saying. And I think that's that's very important.
0: Do you think a performance like this proves that the English side could go all the way? Or do you think it more shows that they're not invincible? Uh, I
2: do think both. Of course, you can go all the way. I mean, it's you're in the semifinal now. You have home advantage. You have two more days of rest. Um, yeah, everything is just, I mean... I do think the only thing that can, like, apart from Sweden, <laughs> that, that can ruin it uh, is uh, the fact that now all the pressure is on England. We, we, we all expect
0: England to win this. Maybe we'll have to check out the How to Stop Sweden webpage. It's funny you talk <laughs> about that pressure because I've been seeing the way that the, this tournament has, people have kind of got behind it throughout, throughout the nation. They have been reselling for the tickets, like ticket touts have been reselling tickets to the semi final at upwards of a thousand pounds. Could you imagine? something like that happening in women's football, even like four or five years ago. It's absolutely incredible. Obviously, don't spend a grand on the tickets. Go to Box Park and watch it with your friends if you don't have a ticket already. But it's just an incredible thing that is showing that people are really getting behind it. But Emily, before we move on, uh, we mentioned the Ella Toon goal before, but do you think that 84th minute strike will be seen as one of the most important goals of the tournament? Emily, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I do. And I think there was so much in that goal, obviously the circumstances in that it was scored and and something that was picked up a little bit, but perhaps not emphasised as much as it could have been was the fact that you've got Alessia Russo and Ella Toon making a real difference and combining in this tournament. Now those two have done that for England's age group teams for a long, long time and again I know this gets spoken about particularly on the men's side but I think it's a really good indicator of the fact that the England development teams, the England pathway does work and a lot of those players because you can put the likes of Lauren Hemp Georgia Stanway, those types of players, they've played at previous age group under 20 world cups they've had that experience and i fully fully understand that the pressures or perhaps the exposure of those youth tournaments is a lot different but equally they know what it's like to be away from home in that camp environment for weeks on end with that group and i think that's another thing that's that's coming to fruition with some of the key key moments for england so far in this tournament
0: now moving on to germany they beat austria 2-0 at the Brentford Community Stadium, and the goals came from well, who else? Lena McGull and Alexandra Pop, both players having a fantastic tournament so far. It's amazing to think that this is actually Pop's first major tournament. Do you think she's making up for lost time, Maya?
2: Yeah, I mean it's her first Euro uh, tournament. She's been playing mm. for Germany, uh, like, but but. The thing is that that she is you you can really see. I mean, there are a lot of teams with important players, and but to me, the German team is like England at the moment. You you can put any player on the pitch, and they believe in the idea they have, and they they just go for it. And um, similar to England, Germany is very clinical. They they really capitalize uh, on their chances, and the fact is that. I heard Alexander Poppe was talking about uh, that that the goal she scored uh, in the in like the dying minutes of, of this game that was actually proper scouting from the German goalkeeper goalkeeping coach and he he had told them that that uh, Sinsberger was doing those moves and and those things with the ball a lot and and I, I thought that was pretty interesting
0: yeah, no, it came from a goalkeeping mistake, and you could see. I mean, for, they scored from a high press off a goal, like goalkeeper mistake in the Spain game as well. It's incredible how they're seeing those those chances and really, really make making the most of them. But did Austria ever really stand a chance? We're talking about how Germany are clinical, but they did hit the wood, woodwork three times, and so did Austria in this fixture. So it's almost like. If the, the wind had been in a different way, this would have been a very different conversation we would be having. But, Emily, was it inevitable that the Germans were going to go through? Or could we have seen some upset from the Austrians, especially considering they made the semi-finals in the last Euros tournament?
1: No, it's that's a very, very good point, Chess, And I think if you look at the game overall, as you say, they started well. They had some good opportunities. But Germany just... It's a very cliche thing to say, but find that way to win, don't they? They're clinical. They take their opportunities. They've scored at good moments in games. So the get the goal, the opening goal they scored against Austria was very much against the run of play. And and I think again, probably not unlike England, you have to think not is it written in the stars for Germany, but they're certainly playing the tournament in a very good way. And. And with that in mind, perhaps it was always going to be tough for Austria. But I guess if you look at it on the balance of play, it could have been very, very different and certainly could have been a a very different scoreline.
0: Onto the third quarter final, Sweden were largely in control at the Lee Sports Village against Belgium. But an inspired performance from Belgium's Nikki Everard, for which she won player of the match, frustrated Sweden. They finally got the breakthrough when leader Sembrandt scrambled home from a corner in the 92nd minute. Maya, Peter Gerritsen has said that Sweden will have to come up with a very good plan to beat England, but equally countered that they're going to be hard to beat themselves what do you think
2: yeah i think he's right i also think that it will suit sweden better to go into uh, the semi final uh, as the underdogs um i mean I- i've been thinking about this a lot you know because it it's the media and everyone around we we like we have hyped sweden up uh, which we should because it's a good team but i don't think the players they don't care going into a game that, that is not even played yet uh, as favourites or not favourites. But to me, I do think that the, the English style of football will suit Sweden better. Uh, I think um, England will not put up a low block with 11 players in the box. Uh, and I do think that, I trust that Petty P- Aralsson will will come up with that good plan
0: yeah is it worrying though um the kind of maybe underperformance of the strikers in the Swedish team throughout this tournament I think Stenius has been quite quiet and um Jonas Eideval the Arsenal manager uh went on record and was incredibly critical of um is that something that is worrying for the team or will they just settle into the tournament more now the semis are coming
2: I expect Sweden's best performance of the tournament coming versus England. Uh, I don't agree with every criticism that the Swedish team have gotten because, okay, fine, they conceded a goal versus the Netherlands in the first group stage game, but they haven't conceded uh, after that. And I do think that looking at uh, our strikers, Stina Blackstenius and Rebecca Blomqvist coming on, they have actually scored like I think seven or eight goals that, that has been ruled out by VAR, um, VAR, and so and of course uh, they are ruled out the goals, but this just shows that they can find uh, the back of the net if needed. So to me, I, I do think that that's one part. But about the criticism versus Fridolina Rolfa, she was our best attacker in the first two games. And in the last two games, she has been sacrificed a little bit uh, in, in favor for Kosovara Aslani, who has been brilliant. But I'm not sure if people see that because all they see is a Barcelona star player not scoring or making assists or dribbling uh, the ball away like. And, and to me, she's I'm gonna go ahead and, and uh, agree with what Lucy Bronze said uh, the other day. That a winger like Fridolina Rolfö who can who can play a fullback and as a winger that means she will be Sweden's biggest weapon in in at both attack and off uh, and defense, and I I do think that you have to look at it that way. She has been playing fullback in Barcelona the whole season practically. Uh, she plays in a team where she often gets the ball uh, by her feet, rightly turned to her opponent. It's not the case here, uh, so I, I'm not I'm not worried. Uh, I do think that Sweden will do their best performance in the tournament versus England. Will that be enough for a win? Yeah, let's see.
0: That's a good way to end it. Let's see. Um, but moving on to talk a little bit about the support um, from the Swedes coming, like traveling fans especially. Um, I was I've been in a lot of the games in Sheffield that they've been playing at. They have a great atmosphere and hopefully it'll be another great atmosphere in the semi-final. They've added colour and verve to the tournament on and off the field. How have you found that kind of home support, especially travelling to England?
2: Yeah, I do. I do know that uh, this group of people that travel with Sweden to support them, uh, they often show up in, in big tournaments for Sweden. Uh, we don't have that kind of culture, unfortunately, in, in the league back home, which is which of course is a shame but i i do know for a fact that they are really enjoying themselves um, in england right now and i do think that they will be enjoying themselves even more if if they actually could win uh, against england
0: i thought it was brilliant when i went to the um i went to netherlands uh, v sweden uh, at bramall lane a couple of weeks ago and the Netherlands had taken over the fan park. And then Sweden had an entire an entire streets worth of pubs and the whole place was yellow. It was awesome. No, it looked really cool. So, um, And the fan walks coming down into the stadium as well. It's been brilliant to see that, especially from travelling teams. The fact that someone like Magdalena Eriksson plays at Chelsea means that she's going to know how some of the English attackers play. Emily, do you think that's going to be an advantage?
1: Possibly. I guess the only thing is it works the other way as well, doesn't it? You know, you've got a number of the England players who will, who you think, another, of Ch- sorry, I'll, I'll try that again, Chess, <laughs> a number <laughs> of Chelsea's England players who will also know exactly how she plays. But yeah, I think it's definitely a really interesting matchup. And it's something that will be discussed, I'm sure, in all the preview material pre-match. I'm sure, given her role within in the Swedish team, she'll be very much a focal point in all the, you know, sort of pre-match press conferences, etc. So, yeah, I think it's a really exciting prospect. Um, and and as you say, she does have that little bit of of extra intel that other teams may not have.
0: We mentioned going forward that the well-oiled machine that is Germany are going to be taking on France in the other semi-final. And even though the game was decided by an Yves Perisay penalty after a VAR review, France should have been out of sight. But thanks to excellent defending from Stéphanie van der Graat and an unbelievable performance from their goalkeeper, Daphne von Domaslar, who has now made the most saves at a tournament. And it was a bit unbelievable that she didn't get a player of the match. But the honour went to the French substitute, Selma Bakker, who did really make an impact when she came on the pitch I just want to say if any WSL managers are listening Snef- Stephanie Van Vandegrat is a free agent Mark Skinner if you fancy picking her up at Manchester United I really wouldn't mind I think I'd be quite happy about that but Maya despite it only being 1-0 it was an impressive attacking display from the French wasn't it
2: yeah and I mean stat-wise that game was pretty much similar to the Sweden Belgium Belgium game but playing-wise it was not. So I I'm actually I do think they they had like similar amount of shots uh, that Sweden had against Belgium uh, and they even they had like open goal opportunities to score and they didn't. So this is this is what I think. I I think it you have to to make the chances count uh, when going up against a team like germany who who does just that because if germany gets the chance to score they will uh, and france can't waste that much, much uh, opportunities to to put it into the back of the net when going up against germany
0: emily Van Dommerslaar was the second choice at the start of this tournament and as we've just mentioned Stephanie van de Graat doesn't have a club surely they must have put themselves in the shop window now FC 20 must be so happy because they just locked van Dommerslaar into a new contract just before the start of the Euros do you think we'll be seeing them in different clubs?
1: Quite possibly I mean if you're going to perform you want to perform on the biggest stages don't you and this certainly is that and As you say, they've been real standout performers. They've shown what they can do. Um, The world is watching. Europe is certainly watching. And where they might go, I'm not so sure. but, But for sure, I mean, the fact we're even having this conversation probably is testament to the way they've played.
0: And ultimately, in this fixture, and probably throughout the entire tournament, if we're being completely honest, Netherlands just didn't have the attacking threat Viv Miedemar, bless her, couldn't even stand up straight towards the end of this game. Maybe playing a player who's just come back from having COVID, the same with Jackie Gronin for 120 minutes, wasn't either the best or safest idea. Um, But do you think they just couldn't get off the ground during this tournament, Emily?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think the COVID factor is a really big one because... Again, I would never profess to be a medical expert, but it can affect people in different ways. And the, and the longer term effects, appreciate this isn't massively long term, can be can be difficult for anybody. I think, let alone athletes that then have to go and compete at the highest level under that intensity. Um, I guess at the same time, I get it because it's your biggest game. You want your best players involved. They would have passed fitness tests, etc., that they would need to do in order to play the game. Um, but yeah, the, the attacking element was strange. But as you say, there's a lot of mitigating factors there, I think, and a lot of you know other areas of consideration. It's not quite as it might just appear on paper when you see that lineup at the start of the game.
0: Maya, going forward, it's going to be the toughest test for Germany thus far, playing France. What can we expect from this game?
2: Uh, a hard battle in the midfield area, I think. Uh, Lena Oberdorf uh, will, will put up a good, good fight I do think versus uh, France um, I like that I, I, I think this is going to be a tasty picture um, so I expect a lot of physicality from, uh, from Germany because I do think that France will have the advantage um, from speed
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. That is it. Many thanks to Maya and Emily. Do not forget to subscribe to the Women's Football Podcast across all podcasting platforms. Maya, do you want to shout out your podcast again? Where can we find it?
2: You can find it uh, on Spotify, Apple and uh, all platforms available and it's called Their Pitch.
0: There's some absolutely awesome interviews on there. So do definitely check that out. Follow us on social media at TWFP1 and the Women's Football Podcast on Instagram. Our next hangout is taking place in Bristol. So if you want to attend that event on the night of England's semi-final matchup against Sweden, tickets are selling fast. So go to www.welovesport.co forward slash women's dash euros. See you all very soon.